Welcome to Jobs in Tech. Welcome to the show today, Jobs in Tech. We're talking about jobs, we're talking about tech, we're talking about the world of all kinds of craziness. Brad, what's going on in the house of tech? Oh, there's lots going on, but uh, in terms of today, I'm, I'm excited. We actually have a guest. We have a guest today. We do. Yep. Awesome, awesome. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have Ishmael. He's here with Informa Markets, and, and I'm going to kind of turn it over to him and let him kind of explain who he is and tell us a little bit more about Informa Markets, and then we can do a deep dive. Yeah, let's do it. Ishmael, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So yeah, so Ishmael Sanchez, I'm, I'm based in Los Angeles, work for Informa Markets in the uh, transformation department. Uh, and I'm, I'm, my title is head of platform development. So I work with a lot of the delivery teams, a lot of the transformation teams within the, the larger transformation group, basically helping to deliver on initiatives, drive change, um, come up with new and exciting uh, revenue streams for the business and awesome. optimize existing ones. I gotta ask, the transformation group, is that a standard? Is that something that's called, or is that something in-house? Because I don't know if I've heard of the transformation group before in in technology. Is that a, a standard that I'm just not aware of? Uh, it, it may not be. Uh, we're a transformation office, so it's basically a bunch of multidisciplinary folks, about 100 strong of us, Ooh. who basically work okay. as an internal consultancy for the oh, larger um, business. Yeah, we, we, we service about a dozen plus different industries. And so um, the transformation office serves as that kind of single point of contact for, you know, if you want to do something uh, innovative with your, you know, website or an application or you have some kind of idea, you kind of run that through the transformation office. And we have these experts who can help guide you on that path of like how to implement it, how to maybe even run some tests to validate um, what you're trying to do. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty cool, cool concept, because, like I said, it's a consultancy within a larger um Corporation based. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. I, awesome. That kind of leads into that our first question, yeah. I think. Well, before we dove into oh, the questions, oh, okay. though, I kind of wanted to give a little bit of an understanding. Who is Informa Markets? What do they do? Mm-hmm. Help us help us uh, walk us through excited, that a little Brad. bit. Yeah, just, just a little bit. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> we all do from time to time. So so Informa Markets is, is a B2B um, company basically focused on the trade show industry. So it's a lot of, you know, meeting up, you know, if we service, like I said, about a dozen plus industries you know, from farming, uh, agriculture, uh, to fashion, pharmaceuticals, and basically everything in between. And so it's basically, you know, groups will connect, whether it's um, in person at the uh, events or digitally through like webinars, um, or, or also, you know, we have publications that people can can uh, interact with as well. So if, you know, if you're in the fashion industry, you, you'd go to some fashion publications, or if you're in agriculture, there's some some websites, digital magazines you would subscribe to and, and visit to kind of learn about your industry or how it's evolving or different areas that you need to be aware of um, to kind of best, best, you know, suited to progress in your career. Awesome. Okay. That makes more sense. And now I get a better understanding of informal markets and, mm-hmm. and kind of what you guys are about. So with having said that, Bobby, I'll let you lean into the first question. <laughs> well, I, I, I think uh, this kind of seems like a, a little bit of a new way of doing things. Is, am I, is that safe to say kind of it's, it's a new kind of business model? Is that true or am I just off in la-la land? I mean, the the way we're doing it, the transformation office is is, is a bit new. Uh, we're we're a relatively new group. Um, you know, this idea of having kind of an internal group that you can go to and help. You know, resident experts that will help you with your certain needs. 
I think is is something that groups have, but maybe not as formalized as as we have it within foreign markets with the transformation office, where we're just basically just dedicated toward helping their colleagues basically deliver on on the initiatives that that they're trying to achieve within their business. Awesome, cool. With that with that said, this is where my, I like to ask the question. So, how would you say you guys? are a disruptor in the industry? Would you say you're kind of a, it feels to me like you are, and I'm just curious your take on on that question. How are you a disruptor? Sure, that's a great question, yes. So Informa, Informa's a, a, a disruptor in kind of, a, well, unintentionally, right? So, you know, the trade show <laughs> industry, um, like many other industries, was was hugely impacted by COVID-19, right? You can think about if our, if one of our, big revenue streams is meeting in person, right? B2B markets and the, you know, abrupt stop of meeting in person, you know, that was particularly challenging, not only for us as a, as a company, but for the event and trade show industry as a whole, right? And it exposed mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, vulnerabilities and basically our undiversified revenue streams, right? So, so since then, right, since COVID and, um, and actually even before a little bit, but not as much, you know, there's been a huge focus on digitizing. Digitizing and growing opportunities, leveraging technology, like outside of our in-person events, and then even within our in-person events. And there's a huge push within on foreign markets to be, you know, to, to leverage this data, right? We're a large company. Um, we have a lot of different uh, industries, like I said, that we represent. And so, you know, using that data and insights to help our buyers and sellers and rethink various approaches, right? So we've been of one of basically of having to adapt, right? So we, we kind of got disrupted by COVID. I think had COVID not happened, there wouldn't be such a focus on digitizing, wouldn't be such a focus on like the transformation office as a whole. I 100% mm-hmm. agree. I mean, I think one of the good things that did come out of COVID is I think it rushed people to understand the the importance of digitizing and and having that online presence and making sure it's it's personalized and in a way that you can be able to track metrics and make sure that you get the most ROI out of, out of your, you know, your efforts. So that's, that's interesting that, uh, that's, that's kind of what you're seeing on your end as well. So how would you say that the technology that you guys use is innovative? That may sound like kind of similar to disruptive, but we really kind of feel, what would you think your, your guys are kind of doing that you feel is kind of cutting edge or, or kind of at the at the at the edge of what's going on in technology today. Yeah, like I said, for us, it's 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 been a journey. Um, a, a lot of our focus has been around incremental in, in, innovations, right? So in helping to improve the process for our buyers and cons- sellers, you know, to help facilitate them to to basically do commerce, right? So we put a huge emphasis on customer experience. And that, that only not only applies to our external stakeholders, but to our internal stakeholders, right? We have large groups of, of internal stakeholders we serve, and we want them to be happy with the products. We want them to enjoy using them. You know, we want them to um, think about how we can use them in, in novel or unique ways, you know, reduce complexity, you know, improving the, the UI UX of certain products. You know, and on top of all that, then we want to leverage like machine learning and automation, you know, big data, all kind of the, the you know, innovative technologies to enhance those services, right? So I, so I mentioned data, we're using data to drive and, and develop new products. Um, at the individual events, you know, we have things like facial recognition that I know we've been toying around with and digital wayfinding wow. to help people find what they're looking for. And then we also have shows dedic- um, that are dedicated just to things like virtual reality. So it's, it's pretty cool. Wow. So do you guys get to like attend those as well? Or I mean, did you guys just kind of pick up knowledge as, as you're preparing for them? A bit of both. So I've attended okay. some of the, the engineering um, 
uh, trade shows in Anaheim, so not too far from from Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's very cool. You know, years ago they had things like um, it was it was called the Flippy that basically would it was a robot arm that would basically assemble burgers or you could give it any kind of task to basically create stuff. Huh. Um, so there's all types of new SpongeBob. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <basically. laughs> Maybe <laughs> an automated so, SpongeBob. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there, there's a there's a lot of fun fun stuff at the shows that, for you to see. So yeah, and, and like I said, if you're if you're into you know medical engineering, if you're into you know devices or fashion, right? There's a there's an industry basically for for anyone anyone's interest. You can go in there and learn kind of what's what's happening within that that sector space. That's cool. That um, cool. So I mean, help help me understand. I mean, what does the tech stack look like that you guys use? I mean, it sounds like you guys are kind of all over the place. If if I'm understanding correctly, because you guys have to stay cutting edge and and at the forefront of things. But what do you guys really? I mean, what's what's your bread and butter? If you can kind of divulge without divulging too much. Yeah, so so it's complicated, right? We're we're a large company, so we have multiple different stacks, right? And and one of the ways some of, like the in this industry, some of the trade show um, groups they grow is through acquisition, right? So we end mm-hmm. up inheriting tech stacks from different companies, um, but we support you know you know popular open source you know lamp um, stacks. We also have proprietary systems you know, like Microsoft and Adobe products like AEM. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really all over the map. And, you know, within our transformation office, we have, you know, developers, we have project managers, product owners, platform and service delivery, change managers, and architecture and innovation. And so, you know, our, our in-house teams basically help manage, um, you know, various offshore in-house development teams or, you know, help leverage SaaS products or even, you know, manage relationships with third-party vendors. So the, the stack is kind of all over the place um, along with various teams to help manage those uh, that complexity. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it, it, it almost seems like you have so much technology at your disposal that you could use. It's hard to, to pinpoint just a few, but it seems like you have to have, you know, a little bit of everything because that's what your guys are kind of into. Yeah, it definitely makes work very, very interesting um, because, you know, like I said, you'll, you'll have different systems that will do the same thing, but they'll do it slightly different. Right. And then, you know, our, our stakeholders will be like, why can't it do this? Or, you know, <laughs> this system works like that. Why can't you just add that on there? And it's like, no, it's it's more complicated than unfortunately. I wish it was that easy. I could just wave wave my hand and then they're, they're the same, but it's not. Right. It would be so easy if you could just, you know, raise that raise that wand and just say, okay, done. But, yeah, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. with, with that said, uh, how, so what is the, 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 the people that take care of that technology, what does that look like? I mean, do, do you have in-house? Or do you have a lot of consultants? Do you, how, what does that look like? Uh, from Because it's a big company. I'm just curious. Kind of what's the infrastructure of your technology group? Yeah, it's a mix of, you know, in-house and offshore development teams. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, the smaller groups that are specialized in, in different products, right? So we have, um, you know, uh, consultancies as well. You know, we work with various big consultancies to help us as well manage, uh, you know, the complexity of everything we have. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of, like I said, in-house and offshore, SaaS products, and then uh, multiple relationships with multiple third-party vendors. Are you guys hiring often? You constant in constant growth? Are you kind of just wading through what's going on today? How's that look? Um, like I mentioned, COVID was was particularly challenging, so there was a bit of kind of a, a freeze and 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 unfortunately some reductions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've we've kind of passed that hump, and now you know even today we had a, a group town hall, 
and you know we're we're trading at uh, above 2019 levels um you know basically wow. we're 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 roughly back right i wouldn't say we're we're fully back because there's a lot of variables that have happened last few years but we're 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 doing well and so there is this kind of view of growth right and and investing in in staff and upskilling and and learning and and also hiring as well um especially as we go through this journey of digitizing so let's let's unpack that a little bit more i mean what is what does your hiring look like and and uh, I'm assuming you're a hiring manager, so help me understand. What do you look for in a candidate? What's a, what what uh, what would somebody need to do to stand out to to kind of wow you? Yeah, so so you know, at Informo, you know, because there were the diverse groups spread across the globe. There's a huge focus on collaboration and teamwork, right? We're a global company. At Informa, we have a saying, you know, think big, act small. It's one of our core values. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And then when you go with that from a developer standpoint or even for an internal you know colleague when we're hiring, right? we're looking for someone kind of to shy, at least, like I said, from a development st- uh, standpoint, from shy away from those like kind of rock star developers, right? We put a huge mm-hmm. emphasis on soft skills like communication, but also along with, with hard skills like development skills. So we find that people who have these large, you know, rock star egos, they kind of get in the way of being flexible and adaptable. And because we have these various, you know, uh, technology stack and because we go through acquisition and so you kind of find yourself repeating the same consolidations or, or various um, technology problems, you know, we find that, you know, that, that ego tends to struggle to add value to our internal stakeholders and our external stakeholders. So it is really about collaboration and teamwork, um, how that person will fit in with the group. I love that you say that. We talk about that all the time. Me and Brad talk about that, being hireable. One of the key pieces to being hireable. It isn't about how much you know anymore. It's about how you can get along and how you can connect with the culture. And if you can't do those things and you've just acknowledged that is a big thing for your company. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. yeah, that developer who thinks he'll never have to talk to a client or a stakeholder and just can code there all day, maybe check email once, that's not going to work, those, right? We're going to need those you to days, jump on calls. Those days done. are gone. Yeah, it, and, and you're not alone. Your company's not original in that fact. We talk about it all the time, and hopefully people that listen understand if you're one of those folks that think, I'm so smart, everybody needs me, that that isn't necessarily the case you've got to be able to get along with people which is interesting because everybody talks about the social media world we can't communicate anymore but now companies want us to communicate and be able to connect to people more customer service those kind of things i think that's very interesting absolutely i mean i think it's really interesting in that regard because i mean like you said i mean yes as much as we have social media and everything i think we've gone to a world where i think i mean maybe i'm wrong but companies are starting to adapt because of COVID of ways that they communicate. It's not just, you know, um, Slack messages or, or, you know, team notes. It's, Hey, how do we, how do we interact? How do we build that team camaraderie? How do we, how do we make sure that everybody's, you know, participating at a level that they need to? And I think that's, that's huge. So, um, with having said that Ishmael, I mean, is there anything that you guys do that kind of sets you guys apart and, and making sure that you build that team culture culture wise? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of outreach that happens. Um, so we have a mentorship program. I think that's really cool. I didn't have a mentorship program when I was going through, but that's one of the things we have that internally. Um, we also have a lot of colleague-run organizations as well. Um, 
you know, like we have a, they just launched recently a military network. So like for people who had prior military service, you can connect with um, other informal colleagues, multiculturalism, LGBTQIA plus um, groups. And like I said, we also have volunteer initiatives. So really um, emphasizing, right, this community, you know, we have this one large initiative, Walk the World, where, you know, the whole purpose and intent is to spend time away from work, raise money for your local community. So there are lot of this community building, you know, getting involved, uh, you know, if you want to with various groups to help kind of facilitate, right, this, this kind of teamwork and this bond among colleagues. That's awesome. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's, I mean, we're in a world where we have to be inclusive of everybody. And I think that's fantastic that you guys are, you know, leading by example is what it sounds like is you're, you're really making sure you put that effort forward and making sure you do the right things and, and make sure that everybody does get included. Yeah. And then we also have a huge focus on sustainability. Like that's been that's been a big, big thing. And it was actually a focus um, for, for years now that we've had. And so now that there's, you know, various groups are, you know, the impact on the uh, uh, economy and the impact on the environment. Right. Um, we're, we're looking at how we can minimize our impact when we have these, you know, these gatherings and stuff. So it, there's a huge impact there. And then even, you know, when we're doing stuff, um, you know, in, in our offices as well, there's thought gone into right how can we help volunteer and help the community as well so yeah it really does foster like i said a, a teamwork and collaboration awesome awesome i know we kind mm. of talked about like the interview process but i mean help me help me understand from your side i mean what do you look through what do you look for in a candidate and and how many interviews does somebody have to go through when when you know interviewing to to, to get on with you guys yeah, so we, it's a generally a straightforward process, right? So we have we do have a, a general screening from you know from from HR or or the hiring manager, and there's usually a tech assessment if it's a if it's a technical role, and then there's you know the interview to a Q and A session, um, and, and those consist of you know maybe two to three. Um, we okay. try not to have you know I've heard horror stories about like you know six different interviews and all these right. different tests like you know, we, you know we, if we if we want you we're gonna we're gonna make it easy right we're not gonna make it difficult for ourselves but um, but yes depending upon the role you know maybe you'll meet with a senior leader so maybe not your line manager but your line manager's boss um, or you'll meet with a technical architect um, role it really depends on which hiring but but yeah it's it's a it's a few steps um, and then yeah then if everything goes well then you'll you'll get offered the job. Awesome. Cool. So it sounds like, I mean, you guys understand well enough, like you don't need to overcomplicate the process. It sounds like two or three is just about right. And I think that's, that's smart of you guys. Cause I mean, any more than I think you're just going to end up losing candidates and they're going to, they're going to lose interest. Yeah, absolutely. So we like to ask, or I like to ask the question in your company, in the company now, what, how do you see the future of the technology? Do you see it changing? Do you see you using more of something else or less? What, what do you think of the future of your technology and, and how you take care of it? Yeah, for our particular technology, it's it's going to be a shift to unifying experiences. You know, right now, like I mentioned, the, the acquisition and the different tech stacks, it makes it very hard because mm -hmm. uh, we have all these different fragmented landscapes. So I think a big focus for us in the future is to, um, you know, basically consolidate these platforms, streamline the process um, to help facilitate this change. Right. You know, we're, we're all businesses. We all want to grow. And so we, we, you know, in order to improve our internal capabilities, we need to you know, have less technology around um, because then that makes it easier for us to experiment and adapt as, as needed. But right now, the 
the landscape is a bit fragmented. So I think we need to first work on organizing that um, before we can kind of go into and, uh, you know, do a bunch of experiments and adapt with different and new technology. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, um, I mean, unifying and getting on one page, I think is, is paramount. Cause I mean, if you, if you can't, um, figure out kind of how to, how to make sure things are talking together, then I think you're kind of dead in the water. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something else we, you know, we look for in candidates is for this being resourceful, right? We want people mm-hmm. to come with new ideas. Um, it's not just, all right, you know, we need you to code this. We want, we want these experts. We want to hire people that kind of take that time to be like, well, I know you wanted this, but what if we did it this way, right? You'd be able to get all everything you're asking for and more. And so I think that's another key key thing, you know, that resourcefulness. Um, and I see that also shifting our technology because as, as we have this kind of optimized stack or a consolidated stack, then we can put more um, effort into doing more, like I said, novel work. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe this is a loaded question for you. I don't know, but is there anything that like, that's that would make a candidate stand out for you other than other than kind of just being kind of um uh, i guess a, a a critical thinker i guess would probably be the best way to say it, that that you just kind of summed up um you know having that that mix of that technical aptitude along with solid social skills i mean we talked about a little bit right um you know that that's really gonna gonna be paramount right you know it, we, we have roles that inform our right, and even if someone doesn't fit every requirement, we do, we do um, suggest people to apply anyway, right? So we're supportive, we're inclusive, and we do we help train. And there are some things where you, you can train people, right? If there's, a, you know, if they're not technically knowledgeable on one particular thing, you can work on that, right? But someone who really just, you know, can't interact with people, like you said, you know, has issues interfacing with people, like that's that's going to be a, a lot harder to turn around than say someone who's maybe not familiar with this type of technology tool right. or this type of, you know, coding. And I don't know if this is off questions, but I mean, do you interview a lot of people that, that are like, that are very technically strong, but don't have the, the, the social aspect that you're looking for? You know, surprisingly, yeah, we, we do, mm. we do, we do have that. Um, so these, these folks that maybe worked at consultancies or worked at, at companies, um, and just really haven't had to have that client facing uh, interaction gotcha. before. Um, and then you get them and you start asking questions. How have you, you know, put scenarios like, you know, what would you do if you were asked to deliver something that you knew could it get done? How would you handle those scenarios? And you can kind of get a, a sense of it. They've never really had to, you know, talk with people or talk problems out. Um, you know, how do you handle conflict resolution? You see right away, oh, you haven't done that, right? So you just kind of deliver the code. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that's going to be a hard sell right. to incorporate someone like that. Um, because, you know, like I said, at, at, at our core, we're, we're collaborative and it's a lot of teamwork. So if, if you can't have that, and even though we have a lot of diverse teams, they're, they're small. So when you have someone who's who's not good at communicating or wants to do their own thing, it's going to be very evident on a small team, right? Wow, that's great insight. That is that Let me ask crazy. you this. I mean, kind of tying into that, is there any is there any advice that you would give them on on maybe how to better their their communication skills? Um, you know, if, if someone's really really tech focused, and this is something that I, I did in retrospect, I, I was really uh, thankful. I guess I stumbled upon this, but go to like your your meetups, like any kind of technology meetup, and do a presentation. Awesome. Like talk uh-huh. talk about what you do because that's something probably if you're technology focused 
you can talk all day about it. And then you'll start to have engagement from people ask, well, how did you do that? Or how did you deal with that? It will force you to have that kind of conversation. And I think that helps people grow. Like I said, I fell into that um, when I was initially freelancing to kind of build build my my business as I would go to meetups and present on topics. I think it's a good way to get people out there and not only out of your comfort zone uh, by talking, but then also meeting people um, and networking with people. Um, you'll kind of build those soft skills. I love that answer because that's one of the things that I suggest them to do as well. Like um, uh, something free, something easy, something that I know they're excited about. Meetups are fantastic for that. So if they can find like a like a group that they're they're tailored around their technology, it's 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 it will do wonders for them and just being able to help them. So I, I love that uh, that's your suggestion. Yeah, getting out of your comfort zone a little bit because if you're not growing and understanding communication and getting together with people it's going to get worse and worse for you to get a job it's going to be harder and harder and we see it in every interview we do with every company they want people that can deal with other people there's just this technology of sitting in a room alone doing the code it just doesn't exist anymore yeah i mean i think those days are are going away yeah Yeah, what do you think ishmael so we do have one last question that we normally ask. Yes, uh, the good Bobby, one. Bobby, do you want to do you want to take I love this one? This I mean, I know you love this question. I love so this I question. I want to give it to you. So th- this <laughs> we throw out to everybody, and it, it it doesn't really have to do with your company or anything like that. Just want we want to pick your brain and your thoughts for the future. What do you think is is some of the technology things coming out in the future just from your mindset just from things not not to do with your company just what do you think is going on in the future what's what's going to be popping up we just love to get insight from different people we interview yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, you know I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about AI. That's right. the, the big talk <laughs> that's happening right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I do think there's going to be this shift to creative tasks and creative work. You know, with, with AI, everyone seems to be so worried about how it will lim- eliminate jobs, and, and, and it will, right? There, there's the unfortunate part of agree. that. But however, I think what people are failing to see is it will allow us to do, like I said, more creative, more interesting work by, you know, automating things that computers are, are really, really, you know, and technology does very well that humans do very poorly. Um, so I've had some interesting conversations with with just people in my community. Um, so since I'm in LA, I have, uh, you know, a lot of people in, in the media industry. Um, I was talking to this gentleman about um, radio shows. And so he, he does voiceovers and he got approached um, this gentleman did a voiceover and he got approached by this company and said, you know, can we can we lease your 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 voice to do and generate through AI the different variations? And he thought about it and he was like, yeah, absolutely. So he did one take for Los Angeles and they're going to do this voiceover in New York and Miami, all these different cities. And he's not going to have to do those individual takes where he'd have to spend, you know, days, days in the studio it. running those takes over and over again. Now he does it once perfectly then AI handles the rest. And that's where wow. I think that we're going is now he can focus on more create creative novel projects and this manual, like doing the same thing, repetitive work is outsourced to him. Um, so I, I do think we're going to have that. And another gentleman who he's an actor and he's, um, he's from Brazil. And so he's writing, um, I think these uh, theater plays in Portuguese and English. And he's having, he's having to, you know, manually translate. translate. Again, we're talking to him about how AI can help do that translation. It's speeding that up. So that's less manual, repetitive work that really is not a good use of his time. And instead he can focus on his creative, you know, 
processes and building new arts and new plays and new um, stories. And I think that if you look at that from that perspective, it's exciting because it allows us to get on that other side of that and start saying, well, where are the opportunities opening up for us? So not so not to focus so much on what's AI going to eliminate, where are the new opportunities coming out? So mm. my, my hope is that we're shifting, like I said, to that creativity and some of this laborious work that we do, manual work is, is going to go by the wayside. At least that's what I want. I really like that because, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I do believe that jobs are going to go away, and I believe, at least from a programming perspective, I think a lot of that is going to be gone. But I think the engineering side where the the creativity comes out of understanding what can we get from AI, what can we do with this, and and I think the, the possibilities are endless. So I think you hit it spot on. Yeah, I always like to talk about being on the other side of the API, right? You know, right. you need to kind of see see those things. You know, you need to be able to code, but it's not just about coding. It's about solving problems, right? Exactly, just because you can yeah. code, you know, that, that doesn't ensure, um, you know, job security. You need to be, like I said, um, thinking kind of further ahead. Absolutely. Oh 100% gosh, yes. agree. So good. So you would say, and, and I, I always like, you, you kind of see the future as being bright. Absolutely not. Not this gloom and doom of of AI craziness world. You you really feel that, and I think I I think we kind of go along with that. That there's there's going to be some great opportunities. We people that look at the, the what it's going to take away, like you said, are losing out on what we will be able to create, and that Absolutely. is some cool stuff. So cool. Thanks, Ishmael. Absolutely. Well. Wow, that was uh, this is good. This is good. How you feeling? Any last words, Brad? Any any uh, last questions? No, I mean I think we pretty much hit on everything that we were we were planning on, and, and that's that's awesome. So how does how do people get a hold of you, Ishmael? How do they how do they find you if they're interested in the company or or what have you? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great place to, you know, connect with me, LinkedIn. And then I'll, you know, if there's any specific questions, and I, I know, like, for me, mentoring has been a big part. I, I mentor uh, staff at informal markets, uh, and then also in my personal time. So, you know, if people have any questions and want to network, and, you know, if you have a question about anything, they can connect with me and DM me. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Ishmael, do you mind? Um, I I know we were going to do this, but uh, I, I wanted to pat, run it by you. You don't mind if we put your LinkedIn um uh, profile. Uh, profile. Thank you. The word I can remember <laughs> into our into our show notes. That way, people can get a hold of you that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's no, really right. fine. And then we awesome. will also put a link to the jobs that you guys have posted there as well. Is there anything else you want us to kind of put on there as well, or is that it? I think that's great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool, Ishmael. Thank you so much for being on the show. Super good stuff. Thank you, Brad, for being here. Of one course. more deep. One week, more time. One right? more time. <laughs> one more week. <laughs> All right, you know the drill, people. Thank you for listening to Jobs in 